You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. Very quick uh, podcast on Greece. Um, they were the foundation of democracy, philosophy, medicine, Hippocrates. Um, and now it's all coming back full circle because we've kind of gone into more of a plague of corruption than a, than a plague of medicine. And so we're, we're moving into this kind of world where we have to re-see what was given to us and, and re-evaluate and why some of these old remedies are coming back to the surface to help us. And, and so what that does is it helps us to learn that, wow, even our most modern contraptions we, we've gotten ourselves into – can be solved through through like wisdom of the past. Of course, there's new wisdom too, which has to be added to that. But you got to have both. You got to have one foot in the back there and one in the future, and you know, standing in the present. Or I guess you could say that. And and then you can, you know, you're you're not. There's no waste there because you're in both worlds. You're not wasting knowledge that was there before. So. Um, you know, the most important thing to realize is that the Greek bath culture was not about bathing and hygiene. It was about magnesium deficiency. That was the mystery of it. The mystery of history or the mystery of their culture was minerals, you know, and the minerals were important to them. They set up, you know, they built their whole culture. They started their culture in a place called Magnesia, which has these, you know, Greece is well known for these dolomite magnesium stones. It's a type of limestone. It's like 50% magnesium. Even the world's like highest source of white marble, which is a variation, like a furthering of white limestone or limestone, um, is found in Greece, even today. So there's some sort of richness there of this mineral. Now, the mineral, um, the limestone is about 50% magnesium. It's like a dolomite line, dolomitic limestone. And whenever you heat it, especially when you make it into mortar, so they made the, they made limestone into mortar. They had clay as well, but this was one of their basic cementing, you know, like the basins of the bath culture was, was this mortar. And they were copying Lutraki. So Lutraki is a bath. They called it therme in Greek, but it means bath in Greek, lutra or something. So lutraki was the main bath, and they copied this system into the whole of their culture. They said, hey, this heat and limestone thing, let's build this everywhere. And so they built, and they had a lot of limestone, right? So they just said, okay. And so they built this this structure everywhere, this hippocost structure with these like, you know, um, um, what do you call it? Um cauldron kind of heated system that would be underneath the flooring and then they would build this flooring i mean the baths were built out of limestone and mortar and the mortar was also limestone based and so uh, even limestone even uh, even of a more porous nature at that point because it had been broken down a, a little further but when you add heat um and they had a porous type of Mortar. It wasn't the same type of mortar that they would use in a dry place that they would use in a wet place, which this would be a bath. So in a lot of the wet areas, they had a certain type of mortar. And nobody knows the exact recipes, but we do know that they would use a mortar that, that was more porous because it would allow for the water that's coming through that system to 
remineralize those pores. And they even, you know, a lot of people not didn't make fun of the Greeks, but they kind of like found out that they were using seawater in their mortar and they, you know, and, and this was kind of like, well, this would soften the mortar. Why would they do that? And it turns out that a lot of the areas around the sea that they were using this type of mortar with were actually porous, but the pores kept being filled in year after year with more water, with more mineral rich water. And so that was creating a stronger and stronger concrete over the millennia, which is pretty powerful if you think about it. And so, um, so they knew what they were doing. And, and this type of stone had a porous nature. Not only the clay did, clay and limestone were used to create all of their piping, tubing, uh, irrigation. Just everything was used in that way, which was very non-hermetic. It wasn't a perfect system like us with like perfectly clean. We don't have clean water, by the way, but perfectly clean um, pipe system. You know, this is a leakier system, meaning not leaky as in sewage, but leaky as in just the pipes themselves would have a porous nature, you know. And of course, pipes, you know, we wouldn't do that in the modern world for many different reasons, but they did have one advantage is that they were easy to repair. You know, you could just rebuild on the spot very easily. And so it wasn't a perfect system, but it had its value. Um, and so they, they they were able to build this, line, um, this basin, and then they would heat this basin, and then that would create a milky white water. Now, a lot of the water from around Lutraki and the region, and even in magnesium, um, even in Greece in general, but, but definitely in certain regions where they would build, you know, where there was a lot of natural baths, you could say, there and a lot of heat. So that's what the world is doing. I mean, the earth is doing, it's heating as well from within itself. And then these streams are coming through rocks and then they, you know, there's a purification and a mineralization process happening there too. And so you bring those minerals back out and make them available through that heat and uh, and through the water picking it up, the, the kind of sticky quality of water where it'll just pull these things into it. If it's a truly spring water, it, it'll, it'll, it'll have that ability to pick those things up at the molecular level. And so, you know, this water was a milkyish white in color kind of water that they were using. It could have been in between white and clear, but it had a little bit of a bleed out from the stone. And that bleed out um, through the heat and through the time and through all of this put together, um, you had something which was in a permanent state of always being heated and always being, um, you know, rich in the minerals. Now, it already had minerals anyway, the water. And then on top of that, this is adding to it. So they're just re-fortifying that process. And so they were overcoming the magnesium deficiency by debating in these all the time. And they kept a, a low percentage cavity rate. And they, they kept the genetic pool safe for us for that we could inherit what we inherited. And in the last two or 300 years, we've gone downhill completely. Like we're in a whole other world. And so if you're in denial of magnesium deficiency, it's at the structural level. You know, it's happening in your tissues. It's happening in, it creates a hypoxic structure in your tissues due to the magnesium lowering and the calcium remaining. So what happens is that makes things more rigid, but it's not detectable. It's on a micro level. So at a micro level, we're getting less oxygen. And then generationally, we're building that heredity back in and then that genetic back in. And so there's a, a kind of weakening of the human being over many generations. So, you know, as we get closer to all these pandemics 
or pandemics or whatever, um, we will have, I mean, even the flu will be able to wipe out more people once you get down to a certain level of weakness. Then, I mean, if you get to a certain level of weakness, then a, a typical flu would knock out half the world, you know, if people got that low. And so, um, so we're trying to um, reverse that trend by coming through the skin today in a modern format, leaving grease behind uh, in a modern format like glass bottle transdermal magnesium, which you use through the skin. Because the problem with our water today and Epsom salt and all this conversation is that the bath water is contaminated. Like there's everything from atrazine to five or ten different types of uh, chlorites and chlorides and most of it's chloramine now, not even chlorine which chlorine was even safer than chloramine. Chloramine is totally exposed, and they say it's to clean the pipes out, but it actually is a horrible thing that's happened to our water supply, in addition to fluoride, uh, isotopes of every sort of thing, including radon-22 and iodine-131 and, um, you know, endocrine disruptors from the plastics, from the, the pill, from pharmaceuticals, from all these things. They're all in there at some degree. And they don't get, they're not removed through filtration, especially the endocrine disruptors. Those plastic chemicals, the, a lot of those are forever chemicals. That's what they're termed. They don't disappear. They're not just going to, I mean, they can be rooted out through, um, like, what's that process called? Aeration and heat and, you know, boiling the water and there's things that can remove certain things. That doesn't remove mean they that they remove other things. There's still other things that will still survive. And if you bought like a, you know, like a water distiller or something, and you thought, oh, I'm going to clean my whole water supply with that, that's not going to work. That'll clean out one key thing, but there's other stuff. So the type of system you need is a very complex, rigged-looking system. It looks a little bit ghetto. It doesn't look like something they sell you. It's like aeration. It's got, you know, it looks like a complex system in order to pull that off, including all the, the, the tons of, of radi uh, activated charcoal. And then you have the aeration. And then you have probably some sort of remineralification through, through salts and trying to pull some of that iodine back out of there. And there's just, and then the salts have to be in good shape. So all of this stuff is like very difficult to overcome and it's not easy. So I recommend glass bottled spring water if you can find it or order it online and order enough cases for a year's worth. I don't know, 40, 50 cases of this stuff. Stick it underneath your staircase in your garage or whatever and just have it sit there and then just buy your water as you go along and just leave it there. You know, what is it, $400 investment for a year's worth of water? You can also set up a, you know, like a, a, a wooden barrel, like a wine barrel, and try to collect water there. And then you can fill another wine barrel up with activated carbon and, and you know, sediment and sand and, you know, a filtration barrel. And you can have them feed one into the other with a cheap pump. And you can use this, you know, but it's coming from the rainwater, which isn't perfect either. But it's better than the city water. So, um, you know, there's ways around it, but you got to think, think this stuff through. So, um, so I would say the best idea would be to go through the transdermal route so you don't have to deal with the water as far as the magnesium deficiency and coming through the skin, but you need that enormous organ to pull it off. So come check us out at theheartoftradition.com. We also, we, we are the only ones out there using one ingredient in glass bottles. If you can find another 
one ingredient glass bottle with the transdermal with the Zexstein inside logo, which means it's actually coming from there. Unlike the millions that have the pretend Zechstein, which is not coming from there, and there's no certificate of origin, which means it's solvent extracted from undiscerning strata and not from a natural stone, which is clear in nature, which melts in contact with spring water that we bottle. There's two different realities going on there. And so um, there, it's very important to get the right stuff. So come check us out at theheartoftradition.com. And yeah. Listen to the old wisdom. They were right about a lot. And we have to cross the, the zero point of humility sometimes to find truth, meaning we have to admit we were wrong and that maybe we didn't figure out the way and maybe we overlooked history and maybe we thought we could trust the brave new world and maybe we need to wake up to, to see this whole picture in a larger perspective. So anyway, through that humility, one finds a deeper recovery. Come check us out at theheartoftradition.com.